Welcome to the Eye Test, a fantasy football podcast for those who are tired of hearing boring stats all day. I am your host, Bobby. As always, I am joined by my co-hosts and my good friends, John and Paul. Buckle the fuck up because you're about to win or lose your fantasy week. So this is episode seven, recap of week six. Let's get it started. Guys, how'd your fantasy teams do this week? So I actually might get my first win. In our redraft league. Oh, Paul going to one and five potentially. Yeah, he has the Chargers defense and McAnus, the Broncos kicker. Did you just say so, McAnus on purpose? McAnus. That's his name, right? McManus. Brian McAnus? <laughs> McManus. Okay, yeah. So I had he has McAnus and he's got those two guys playing, but I do have I have twelve or fourteen more points to give. As of right now, so I was up like twenty-five points at the start of this game. You better not hope for. You better hope those fifty-yard field goals don't start ripping. Yeah, yeah, dude, I know. Any, uh, pick but either. we're gonna consider it that Paul won this week for now. Maybe it changes by the end of the episode. Dude, I don't even yeah. want to talk about it until the end of the episode. I don't even want to talk about it. My matchup's pretty close too. I am up by. Let's see how it looks now. I'm up by six, I think, last time, and I'm playing against Eckler and Sutton. So I just need, like, a hurricane to come through or something like that to just end the game. Oh, uh, your John's done. So you're falling back. Your team started out high, fell back to earth now. You're about to be 500. I'm at a three-game losing streak right now. Started 3-0, and lost oh. my last three games, and it's all Lamar Jackson's fault, dude. I'm telling <laughs> you, every time he has a mediocre game where he scores, like, 16-20 to 20 or whatever – I lose. It doesn't matter how many points my other players get. Jamar Chase, 35 or whatever. My defense and kicker put up 25 combined. Like, I won all the good positions. Yeah. I still can't find a way to win. Yeah. And it's the opposite for me. I started out like shit. And my team really still hasn't fully hit their stride yet because I haven't been healthy yet. I'm probably getting Keenan Allen back this week. But I'm climbing my way back to 500 now, so I'll be back at three and three after a one and three start. So honestly, with the biggest thing that helped me are my two waiver wire pickups this past week: Garoppolo and Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon, shout out to him, and you'll hear about him more later in the episode. Had the most points on my team this week, 19. Wow. And John, I believe you dropped him as well. I did. I dropped him <laughs> for Will Disley, dude. You probably feel like an idiot now. Doesn't even start. I'm like constantly fishing for a tight end this year. So I am swapping tight ends until someone gets hot. And uh, I'm not sure I've had a tight end get me over 10 points yet this year. So, yeah, this is looking for a tight end. That's for sure. And Bob, we also played in Dynasty and you beat me. Congratulations. Even though I got only four points from one of my quarterbacks, I still managed to squeak out the win. Shout out to Jamar Chase and CMC for holding it down. Yeah, dude. And Gabe Davis, actually. Another yeah, I was going to say, your, your team did pretty good. What are you going to do about Kareem Hunt, man? Is he, like, start-worthy now? Uh, I mean... Ooh, you benched Najee? Yeah. Oh, we're I not going to let that slide. I had to stick by my gut. He still didn't have that great of a week, though. If he doesn't get the end zone, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, I know. It's just so I'll probably him over Cream Hunt was wild. Yeah, I'm still looking to move him honestly in Dynasty, but I'm not in a rush. 
but I'll move him back into my starting lineup now because he got in the end zone. But still nothing to be real happy or excited about because still not getting that volume that he got last year. It just hasn't really looked that good, mm -hmm. especially with Kenny Pickett going back down. We'll see what happens with him. Still don't have that much faith in Najee like I did last year, but uh, how about Marquise Brown now? Yeah, I was, I got a, some stuff to say about Marquise Brown, but it is, I was interested to see what his fantasy results would look like once D-Hop comes back, and we're not really going to get a glimpse. So we're not going to know how good of a wide receiver two he is, like on a team, until next year, most likely. Yeah, maybe you'll... But Makes honestly, him a risky pick. Yeah, like you said it earlier in the chat, like talking about you probably won't be able to put him in your lineup potentially until the playoffs. And at that point, after he's missed six weeks, are you really going to take that risk? Exactly. You know, if you even make the playoffs, but... Yeah, definitely question mark now with Marquise Brown, but let's move on. So, John, you are the one that is likely losing this week, unfortunately. What player made you eat the white dog shit? Dude, Juju Smith-Schuster made me eat the white dog shit. That, that's a shocking one because he really hasn't been that good this year. That's what I'm saying. and it's Of course it happens. Though I mean, it, it happens every week. You're going to play someone who, like, out of nowhere pops up. But it just sucks when it happens against you. Yeah, Juju had a great game. He like continues to get low volume, so there's he's not ascending. I'd say in his ranking at all, he just had a good game. He was able to make the most out of those five targets. He caught all of them. He had 113 yards and a touchdown. And in our league, which gives a two point bonus for 40 yard touchdowns, yep. there's a chance that two point bonus comes into play here. Because, like I said, I'm playing Eckler and Sutton. I'm currently up by 10. So, I mean, if he were to score 11 more points, then that bonus rule fucked yeah. me. But yeah. it helped me in other ways, too, because Jamar Chase had a 40-yard touchdown. So, yeah, it out. But even though I won this week, I am going to give a shout-out to Keenan Allen for consistently – Maybe not making me eat the white dog shit, but maybe making me sniff it a little bit every week because he's just sitting there on my IR spot and my bench, and I'm still consistently starting Terry McLaurin, who has been either mediocre or average every week with Carson Wentz at quarterback. So, Keenan Allen, I need you to come back. Stop, make, stop making me sniff the white dog shit. I'm tired of it. Come back and produce like the consistent wide receiver two you are. And John, I think you might have just lost, Bud. Eckler just scored a touchdown. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but <clears throat> I'm hopefully, I'm assuming I'm going to win. I'm just assuming I'm going to win. I'm going to speak it into existence. But I did dodge a major bullet because I would have lost and would have had to eat the white dog shit from Brandon Ayuk. But luckily he started. Oh. He didn't get the notification about Olave or didn't look. Or maybe he was just too hyped for the Eagles-Cowboys game that night. But he started Olave, and Ayuk was on his bench, and Ayuk went nuts with 11 targets, eight catches, 83 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. He had a loss against the Falcons, which was <clears throat> just crazy. But very thankful for that, but Ayuk would have definitely cooked my sweet goose. And then <laughs> what's Ken Walker. Ken Walker, you guys were not in on Ken Walker this yeah, week. I was like, I was I, like, dude, Ken Walker's going to have a great day. He went off. And he did. 19 points over 100 total yards and a score. So Ken Walker's the probably the highest scoring guy on his starting team. 
But yeah, I sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And I'm very lucky that he did not get the notification about Olave and start Ayuk. Dude, in my in my one dynasty rookie draft last summer, I got Damian Pierce and Kenny Walker. And Damian Pierce was like Whoa. a fourth rounder, and obviously Ken Walker was the second overall. But I got lucky with two stud running backs. Yeah, that's good. That's nice. But isn't it, now that talking about getting on the topic of Ken Walker a little bit, isn't it funny how all of us, I think, pretty much expected that game to be a shootout, like air raid, the yeah. whole it was just the exact opposite of that, like, three <laughs> at halftime. Are you kidding me? Dude, we told everyone we might – there's a chance we lose you your fantasy week, too. Yeah. <laughs> at, least yeah. we're, at least we're honest. We, yeah, we cover our asses in the beginning. We thought about this. <laughs> it's we just, lose you. And it's also funny how guys like you brought up Juju and Brandon Ayuk, these guys have just been, like, just – average to mediocre all year long and then they make eat the white dog shit one random week out of the year do you guys think there's any hope for them to build off this success no no Juju's gonna be very inconsistent all year paul said it last episode their offense is just so unpredictable so you never know who's gonna perform you just know mahomes and kelsey will probably do well speaking of which paul you could have won $10 fob if you took that bet with me and Bobby. We tried, know, to, we tried to compromise at 22 and a half, and he got 22.6. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Wait, welcome what? back. <clears throat> Actually, let's replay the tape. Are you sure I didn't say yes? Are you sure I didn't agree? Yeah, you didn't. You're like, you guys are trying to swindle me for my fob. No, I know. I but yeah, Mahomes looked good. Kelsey had a good day, I'm assuming. Yeah, he's Travis Kelsey. Put up like not over 19 points in PPR leagues. Still doing his thing. Yeah, that's just insane. Every year I try to get Kelsey or Andrews. And every year like where I want to grab them, I never do. And somebody always reaches. And I'm always like, oh, no. Like Travis Kelsey first round pick, I would have waited till the second. I'm like, oh, no, that's actually a really good pick. Yeah, dude. Gu- guaranteed almost 20 points a week. And guaranteed that you're winning a position every week, essentially. Yeah. So that's the big thing with Kelsey and Andrews. You can't beat that advantage. But let's move on. Overreaction Monday. Paul, do you have an overreaction for us? I do. And I actually thought about this one. And I was talking with my girlfriend about it because she has one of these players. Ooh, okay. And- my is it an overreaction? Green Bay's backfield is benchable unless one of them misses a game. God damn it, Paul! You kind you took mine too. All Holy right, let, <laughs> you, but let's yeah, let's roll with it. I think this is something worth talking about for a little bit. Mine. I'm was, sorry, Bob. I had no idea. No, it's okay. But mine was Aaron Jones is no longer an automatic start. So let's lump this into one thing right now. Yeah, I watched the whole Jets and Packers game yesterday and. I think the biggest issue with them right now is that they still are splitting too much between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And the Packers are discombobulated and everything like that. They just need to get their offense together. And I'm not in on these guys right now, really, the way it's been going. Green Bay doesn't look the same at all without Devontae Adams. And in my opinion, like, they're not automatic. I mean – A.J. Dillon was never an automatic start in my view, but Aaron Jones is moving, in my view, to like that, to like a flex spot 
now. He's no longer an automatic running back start. Maybe an RB2, but definitely not an RB1 the way things have been going this year. He's only had one, like, really good game that's worthy of an RB1 spot. What do you guys think? So I'm going to go with not an overreaction. I'll agree with that. I'll say not an overreaction either. Like, they just got to... They got to pick one guy to do the work. That seems to be when Aaron Jones is at its best. And they just got to stop splitting up the volume. It, Aaron Jones may be that type of back where it takes a while for him to get a rhythm going. And I feel like the Packers are not letting him reach his full potential by having to split carries with A.J. Dillon. Some running backs need to split carries, but Aaron Jones isn't that guy. He's got to take on the workload and be the main part of this offense because there's no more Devontae Adams. So like we were all expecting it to just be the Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones show. It just hasn't turned into that. Listen to this. Yesterday, in a game where, I mean, I'm not so much surprised about the rush attempts because they were, the pass game wasn't really doing anything against the Jets yesterday. But their running game, like Aaron Jones should be getting more than 13 touches in a game. Exactly. Like, we getting near 20. Yeah. Like a workhorse running back like that who has proven that he's one of the best backs in the league when he's getting the ball enough. This is why I think it's just a coaching thing. Like even the week before that, he only had 16 touches. Like that's not enough for a guy yeah. like that. He needs to be 20 plus every single game. No, I agree. And I was just doing some quick maths, looking it up. And three out of the six weeks that they've that we've played so far, if you combine Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon's scores, they don't even equal 15 points, which is like what you would expect out of an RB1. And so even if AJ Dillon wasn't in the picture, and again, you can count this as it almost works against them when you constantly sub them in and out because then you don't allow one of them to get into a rhythm. And they take this whole like fresh legs and like all that stuff. Like sometimes it's okay. Let guys just give Aaron Jones an entire drive. Don't even throw AJ Dillon out there. And I think they're trying to be too cute and work them together. And it's just, it's not working out, but yeah, only half of the weeks have they combined put up more than 16 points, which is crazy. Paul just said exactly what I said. <laughs> Are you serious? I was too busy doing math. So I didn't <laughs> Dude, I was like, Aaron Jones isn't the guy that needs to be splitting carries. You got to let him get into a rhythm. Oh, dude, that's my, I was like doing the math in my head. Like, I didn't even hear what you said. I just wanted to let you go and see how much you were going to say that I said. I was like, yeah, like some guys need to split carries, but Aaron Jones is not that guy. It works against them. But if we're all on, if we're all on the same page that this is pretty much not an overreaction and AJ Dillon's pretty much already benchable. And Aaron Jones is working his way out of starting lineups the way the coaching has been going so far. And in terms of his touches, do we think that there's any hope that he could maybe – because honestly, at this point, he's not even really returning RB2 value. Like, Mm -hmm. So is he going to even get back up to that, do you think? What's the saying for quarterbacks where if you have two quarterbacks, you You actually have have none? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like this. If you have two, like, quote-unquote, workhorse and, like, highly productive running backs, you have – None. Doesn't even seem like they're building roles with them either. Like normally if you have two backs, you'll have one guy who's like between the twenties running mm, yeah. back red zone guy, like the goal line guy. Like I like how the Jets are using Michael Carter and Brees Hall right now. Doesn't even seem like the Packers have a plan with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. They're just subbing them in and out. I don't I just don't understand. And 
they're definitely working their way out of fantasy lineups in my view and big disappointment for all those people that drafted them for sure but uh, john you got a overreaction for us i do i do we're gonna stick with the running back theme here okay guys Kenyon Drake is the best running back on the Ravens right now. And Ooh. no, Lamar, Lamar Jackson does not count. <laughs> Lamar's a running back. <laughs> is that an no. overreaction or not yes. an overreaction? It's a huge overreaction. So who's better than Kenyon Drake? J.K. Dobbins. Paul. J.K. Dobbins is better than Kenyon Drake. Dobbins left after the first quarter because his knee tightened up. So it's, you know, that good saying, the number one ability is availability. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins isn't that available. No. I mean, he was Kenyon playing on a horrendous great. turf in MetLife Stadium. And so his knee tightened up and they were like, okay, let's just take it easy. He's coming off of a gruesome injury. And I'll give Kenyon Drake this. He came and he played well. Don't get me wrong. I'm very happy that Kenyon Drake played well, but that's exactly why we signed him is to fill in for Dobbins if that were to happen. So I'm very thrilled with it. I'm very pleased with it. But his one big run, like, I could have ran through that hole and gotten a touchdown. Like, it was – he wasn't touched the entire what do you think, time. Bob? He averaged 11 yards a carry. That's pretty – Yeah, but one of them came on that – I mean, yeah, one of them came on that. that one play. I'm going to go not an overreaction. <laughs> Bob hates the Ravens. Dude, seriously, you guys are all powwowing together on your teams, and here I am just like constantly being ganged up on by you two. I'm okay, but I'm gonna, I'm not because I actually believe that Kenyon Drake is a better running back. I just, I'm gonna say not an overreaction because I don't believe J.K. Dobbins is fully healthy now. Like, you could say whatever you want about MetLife Stadium and the horrendous turf. There's been no other running back this year that's had their knee flare up because of the turf so like john said the best one of the best things is availability and jk dobbins like you said is still coming off if he's still working his way back from this injury he shouldn't be playing Agreed. the guy that should be playing is fully healthy and Kenyon drake clearly has proven in his like little role he's never proven that he could be a full workhorse but when he had to sub in for the cardinals he was really good He's looked pretty decent with the Ravens as well. So he had one good game. Until until J.K. Dobbins can prove that he can stay on the field, unless you think Gus Edwards is better. You know that one like meme thing where it, it would be like J.K. Dobbins, Kenyon Drake, and then they would just have the handshaking emoji, and it just says below it, both had one good game. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's fair, but no, I think when Gus Edwards comes back, Kenyon Drake will be a distant third on the depth chart. I agree with that. I'm looking forward to see how Gus Edwards does. But another, and then he, he would be the best back probably. He's also he's also coming off an injury too. Like you can't, or is his knee gonna flare up when he hits some turf? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. I don't have the answers. What's with these Ravens and their ACLs, man? Get it together. I don't know. My Ravens are have been a major disappointment this year. Yeah, they J- have. They lost me my survivor pool, dude. J.K. Dobbins pretty much done a whole lot of nothing this year. Besides for that one, who was he playing where he had a one one decent game? It was against Buffalo, right? Or no? Yeah, Buffalo. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love Dobbins and let's like Dobbins was highly touted coming out of college and he played well his rookie year and then of course had what happened to him last year. So it's not going to happen overnight. And I think we need to give him the entire year to see how he looks before we pass complete judgment. But I still think talent wise, he's head and shoulders better than Kenyon Drake. Doesn't help in fantasy though. That does not. It does not help in fantasy. I think if we're talking from a fantasy perspective at this point in time, Kenyon Drake is your better option because he's on the field. <laughs> I mean, if Dobbins practices in full again this week and he's a starting running back, are you starting Kenyon Drake over Dobbins next no. week? No. no. All I wanted to see was if it was an overreaction, okay? I gave not- you an answer. I really do feel bad that we just – I feel like we always get on here and there's always one, like, little segment that we just gang up on, Paul. With yeah, the you guys just shit on me. Well, I mean, listen, it's usually the worst sports team gets shit on, and Bob has been taking shit for years yeah. from us. Years. And the tides have tabled, dude. The tides <laughs> have tabled. Tides have turned tabled. The Ravens are technically the most disappointing sports team in this podcast right now. Yeah, and it's crazy. The Ravens have only been losing for 120 seconds of football this year. Bro, that's so bad. Isn't that crazy? We have only trailed for 120 seconds of football all year. That's insane. And last year, didn't you have six games decided by a field goal or three points or less or something? We had seven games decided by two points, and we lost all of them. That's coaching, man. That's but the clutch gene. It is. You're absolutely right. But enough. Let's get a. Let's not shit on Paul anymore. Enough of the Ravens. So let's move on to more positive. Sorry, Paul. Paul. That's okay. It's time for what's in the flux. What's in the flux? What's in the flux? You guys need to watch that movie because you got to hear how he says it. You guys are saying it like, like super deep when it's actually like him like. He's like, oh, what's in the flex? Because he knows it's like something bad. So he's like whining when he does it. I honestly oh. don't even know from a movie. Yeah, it's from Seven with Brad Pitt. It's when he movie. says, what's in the box? <clears throat> yeah. He's like, what's in the box? But what's in the what's in the flex? Just sounds like box. No, that's fine. I like it. I like it. <laughs> but I'll start it off here. And this is a guy came into the season with a lot of hype. Did really shitty the first couple weeks. Has picked up his pace a lot more with the coach realizing that he's the better running back out of the two. And this is Travis Etienne. Shout out to me drafting him way too early in the <laughs> round. But finally, he is returning some of that value. Double-digit fantasy points in the past two weeks. Extremely efficient. On only 23 touches, he has 222 scrimmage yards in the past two weeks. He's getting more touches every week, and he has easily moved himself into the flex category for me at this point. And if Doug Peterson finally decides to give this man consistently 15-plus touches a week, forget it if he gets to 20-plus touches. This guy's an easy RB, too, and especially if the touchdowns start to come, He's going to be a consistent RB2. So he is easily moving into that flex category for me. And it's about time, honestly, because he seems the eye test is telling me and should be telling everyone else that he's the best back in that backfield. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, yeah. It was Has nice he scored? to see him have that big breakaway run yesterday. I thought he was going to score like a seventy-yard tutty. He I hasn't scored a couple tackle. big runs. Yeah, he's breaking out, dude. We're, yeah. we're we're witnessing him breaking out for sure. He hasn't scored yet. I would also recommend to some people who maybe are like running back heavy, if you need some wide receivers, maybe look to trade him. It could be a good sell high moment as well. So something to consider for sure. Yeah, it depends. Like uh, if you believe in ETN, then you should try and trade for a higher ticket. Try and trade one of your actual starters right now in like your RB1 or RB2 slot. Try and get a stud wide receiver and then you just roll with etn you plug yep. in there you give him the start and you could be that that seems like a winning move to me although i'm very hesitant to give up either derrick henry or alvin kamar considering how consistent and good they've been recently yeah. but we'll see i also have Devin single digits who actually had double digits this week <laughs> so i'm running back head right now which is never a bad position to be in but paul who is your what's in the flag this week? So, <clears throat> my guy that I have for what's in the flags is probably a name that nobody really ever talks about in fantasy football, and it's Rondale Moore. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rondale Moore. Yeah, Rondale Moore for the Cardinals. And I understood, like, once, obviously, didn't know that Hollywood was going to have this injury. But I was like, when D Hop comes back and it's D Hop Hollywood, I was like, I don't know about Rondale Moore. But with Hollywood going down and D-Hop coming in, it's almost like Rondell Moore will continue in his current role. And what his current role is, is he is just like a safety blanket. They actually, Kingsbury looks like they do draw plays to get him the ball. They try to get him the ball in the flat or in a screen because he is athletic and he is fun to watch when he has the ball. But he just quietly eats up 10, 11, 12 targets a week. And so he definitely has more value in PPR leagues than standard leagues because he's not going to really hit a home run for you. He's not going to get that big play. He's kind of like a Walmart version of Julian Edelman in yeah. his prime. Okay. And what made Edelman so great is he'd get you in PPR, especially he like quietly has 12 catches. I don't remember this guy like ever really touching the ball, but he's got 12 catches. Rondale Moore is like the Walmart version of that. So if you have him, especially with Hollywood going down, we got bye weeks coming up. I don't think he's a bad play moving forward. No, I, I okay. don't. I'm kind of on board with that. I'm not very high with the Cardinals offense right now, but the opportunity that has been presented now with the Hollywood injury definitely could help Rondé Moore's value here. John, your team might be able to use him, honestly. Yeah, yeah right? You're sitting here shitting on Rondale Moore. Let me look at your team. No. John, hey, John, you might. You must have a better what's in the flex then, so let's hear Yeah, because Tyler Lockett did so well this week. <laughs> Dude, come on. It was a fluke. That was supposed to be a shootout. My what's in the flex. I mean, after hearing those Rondale Moore stats, my player is kind of similar, but I think it's just more appealing because he's a rookie, and mm-hmm. it's Alec Pierce. He's had I do three- love Alec Pierce. Don't get me wrong. I do yeah. love him. He's had three straight weeks of getting over 10 points in PPR leagues, but the difference between Alec Pierce and Rondale Moore is Alec Pierce is seeing a lot less snaps than Rondale Moore. I think he's averaging 60% of snaps, Alec Pierce. It's nothing, it's, that's not really a good stat to see. So, like, the opportunity isn't really there, but he's making the best of it. I, and he's also a rookie, so he's got some time to develop, but I would expect that if we do see an increase in snaps, 
that Alec Pierce may be pushing for that wide receiver three ranking. I mean, he's the 48th best wide receiver, but I do think that he deserves a spot in the flex just because of his last three weeks. I think seeing three weeks of consistent numbers is more than enough to deserve a spot. You don't want to see that happen more than two times on your bench. And you're just like, all right, fuck, I got to start him soon. So I'd ride the Alec Pierce wave until you start to see the numbers dip. What's the deal with the who? Why is he playing only if this guy has been not amazing, but it looks like he's been pretty consistent recently. Who's on the Colts? The Colts don't really have many wide receivers outside of Michael Pittman. Who's playing above this guy now? I think because I have um, Alec Pierce and I looked at his like game update or whatever that Yahoo does. And it's, it says something about Paris Campbell. Um, yeah, so he was out-targeted by Paris Campbell this yeah. week. But, I mean, Matt Ryan threw the ball, like, what, 50-plus times or something crazy? Yeah, that was surprising from the Colts this week. But that game also turned out to be more of, like, a shootout than I think anyone would have expected. And yeah, Paris's like- schedule, like, the hardest part of his schedule is over. Yeah, he's got a nice, easy schedule coming up. Tennessee, Washington, New England. Vegas, and then he's got Philly. But what concerns me is that playoff schedule for fantasy playoffs. He's got Chargers, Giants, Texans, who are giving up not a lot of points to wide receivers. So that's true. And he's got a guy sprinkled in there now, you know, to develop your playoff spot. But uh, he's probably not going to be that useful come playoff time. So we'll see what happens with that. But let's move on to everyone's favorite segment of the week: fillet or Oh, yes. And John, we are going to start off with you here. Who was that USDA prime steak, that filet that you just want to grill up and eat with a nice cold beer on a Saturday night from the wide receiver position this week? Yes, Bob. This guy deserves it. (laughs) He was our locks of the week two weeks in a row for week five when you were in Hawaii. And he was your locks of the week last week. Actually, you, the locks this week, too. You called it. Yeah, he probably is. You called it. I love it, when Bob. we're right. I love when we're right. Me, too. Was yeah, he everyone, actually- everyone always calls us out when we're wrong, but they never, they're all quiet right now saying, <laughs> oh, they were right. Jamar Chase was the wide receiver one, dude. He was the top scoring wide receiver. We fucking called it, baby. He killed it, man. He is getting the same volume. It's not like this was a fluke game where he got like 17 targets, 17 catches. Like he had the same volume, same amount of catches. He just scored touchdowns. That's all we needed. We need Jamar Chase to do what he does best. That's that big playability. We saw it all last year. That's why he earned a first-round draft pick this year because he was scoring those 40-yard touchdowns and those 50-yard touchdowns, big plays. And he got two touchdowns yesterday? Yep. Yes, he did. And he got a 40 over an over 40 yard touchdown bonus, which is huge. Uh, I believe he got me like 34 points or something like that. So good job, Jamar Chase. You are the filet of the week. Honestly, he's the Wagyu of the week, dude. He's not just a filet because there's stuff better than filets. There was nothing better than Jamar Chase this week. So congratulations to him. And still an extra shout out to me for call. Oh, well, no, me and John. Yeah. (laughs) Calling that locks. And it turns. The locks turned into a Wagyu steak. It's not often that you see that happen. But moving on, this is a fillet from the running back position that probably will never be on the fantasy radar again for the rest of the year, assuming that Jonathan Taylor comes back and is healthy. 
It's unfortunate to say, but got to give credit where credit's due. I could have gone Ramondre Stevenson here, but he'll have more chances to show up on the fillets. But give the fillet to Deion Jackson of the Indianapolis Colts. Be honest. Did you do you guys did you guys know who this guy was before this week? Yeah, just because I picked him up on waivers and started him over Tony Pollard at like twelve thirty. Okay, I, I have no- so lucky. <laughs> I didn't I, see him until he was the top ad in one of my Yahoo leagues. I was like, who's this guy? Yeah, I had no idea who he was, in all honesty. But 28 points in PPR leagues, 10 receptions for 79 yards, added a rushing touchdown, and the Colts' offense was surprisingly good in this one against the Jaguars. Like I said earlier, it was more of a shootout than most people would have thought. So got to give the shout-out to Deion Jackson, but again, don't expect him to – be putting up these numbers for the rest of the year because Jonathan Taylor seems like he's going to be coming back soon. So, Deion Jackson, you earned your fillet spot this week, but you're probably back on the waiver wire in a week or two. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see. It's good to see if you can pick up the workload. You know, it's always a good sign to see. This is what fillet and flank should be about, is these guys. It's guys that come out of nowhere and just decide that they want to be fillets. Yeah, right. Like I've, I've had it being a fucking flank. <laughs> I want to be a real steak. But, Paul, moving on to the quarterback position, who was the filet of week six at the quarterback position for you? So, my quarterback for my filet is Joe Burrow, who usually, when a receiver like Jamar Chase, when they put up those kind of numbers, the quarterback numbers usually follow. And it certainly did here. Joe Burrow threw for exactly 300 yards with three touchdowns through the air and then added 25 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown, which is awesome. I think this was definitely his best game of the year in terms of fantasy, even though he has been relatively consistent. And he was a guy that I was not high on in the draft just strictly because of his ADP. I totally am fine with Joe Burrow as a quarterback and as a fantasy quarterback. But I didn't see him as that upper echelon. I mean, he was being drafted like right after Lamar and Jalen Hurts. And I would have definitely scooped him in like the seventh round, but he was going in more like the fourth and fifth range. But there's something about New Orleans that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase just play so well in that stadium. And he showed up rocking Jamar's LSU jersey, which was sick. Dude, that was um, sick. Their relationship yeah, so, was so cool. Yeah, they do. it is nice to see guys like be best friends and then play on the same team. And that's just really cool. So good game by Joe Burrow. Good game by Jamar Chase. And yeah, Joe Burrow led all quarterbacks unless one of these guys tonight do something crazy, but it's not looking like that. Who would you guys rather have a beer with? Joe Burrow. Um, we'll do Saquon Barkley or... Justin Jefferson. I don't even know anything about Justin Jefferson besides the fact that he's just a stud wide receiver and is one of the best fantasy wide receivers. I'm going to say Saquon because I just know a little more about him from being on the Giants, which is where like the area that I'm from and that he went to Penn State. And I see a lot more of his videos on social media of him lifting and stuff like that. Just seems like a really nice guy. So I'm going to go with Saquon. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe that beer, maybe you getting a beer with Justin Jefferson, you get to know him a little bit more. See, John, yep. took, 
you took the thought right out of my brain. I was like, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson just because he is a mystery. And I don't, I feel like I don't know anything about him. And so I think that would be cool. And plus, yeah. I think out of the talent wise, Justin Jefferson is definitely the most talented out of all of them. So Justin I think I would go with Joe Burrow, but I would get, I, I wouldn't fuck any girls. If I, I was going to say, you walk into a bar with Joe Burrow. He would just be like, oh, thanks. Thanks for bringing them over, John. I'm like, no, I'm going to get with this chick. <laughs> no, like, I'm yeah. going to get with yeah. her, bro. Yeah. And Joe B is like, no, 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 you're not, dude. Just, yeah. uh, yeah, you're I'll funny, just man. keep, <laughs> I'll keep paying for the drinks. You just keep bringing them over, bud. Okay. Yeah. Joe Burrow is so cool, though. He's just, I see him just showing up on like podcasts and like other stuff. And he's just always so like relaxed and calm. He never seems like he's really giddy or anything like that. Like he's just yeah. seems really cool person to be around and hang out with i like yeah yeah joe burrow good good filet of the week because honestly like you said one of the only quarter pretty much the only quarterback that did anything really noteworthy this week aside from josh allen who's just always great but Mm -hmm. moving on from the position that not a lot of people care about because it's so shallow every week but we still got to do it because it's this position's in every fantasy lineup Given the filet of the week from the tight end position to Robert Tunyon, the man that John dropped this past week for was Hayden Hurst, right? It was either him or Will Disley. I think it was Will Disley, though. Okay. They, they've both been recent acquisitions for me. Regardless, Robert Tunyon dropped this week by a lot of people, went up against the Jets. Aaron Rodgers had basically no time to throw because Quinn and Williams was in that fucking grill all day. <laughs> So all Aaron Rodgers had to do was dump it off to Robert Tunyon. 12 targets, 10 receptions, 90 yards, good for 19 points in PPR leagues. I'm not sure if this will continue, but with the way the Packers offense has been looking, it's not out of the realm of possibility because they really don't have any downfield threats. No wide receivers are really getting separation. As we talked about earlier, the running backs are being misused. So Robert Tunyon may be able to sneak out some – Sneaky fantasy value here, but we'll see. What do you guys think? You think he could sneak out any, maybe not tight end one numbers, but, and I would never expect 19 points a week from the tight end position, but what do you guys think? You think he could maybe like tight end two numbers, get back to fantasy relevance here? Yeah, I can see it. I need to see some consistency first, but I can see it. I mean, there's not that many options in Green Bay. And Rodgers has been throwing to him a decent amount of times. I think when I was owning him, like, that's why I was starting him because I saw he was getting, like, seven chances to catch the ball every game. I was like, all right, for a tight end, I'll take that. I'd need him to score some touchdowns. But how many catches did he have this week? Ten. Ten. Yeah, so he got a lot more volume. But that's, yeah, good for him. Good for you, Bob. Congrats. You won. Oh, John, so upset. <laughs> I Dude, I just hate dropping someone and then – they get on another team and they just go off. I've been looking for that tight end position all year. It's the work. I just lucked into it. And I, honestly, I was so close to starting Tyler Conklin over him. But I saw that he was on waivers and I looked at his numbers and I was like, I can't afford another offer from the tight end position. If I could get at least seven, I'll take that. So I'll, I just picked him up because I'm like, I'm guaranteed probably at least seven. Did not expect 19. And thank God I did drop him because Tyler Conklin only put up like two points. So good decision on my end, and we'll see if Robert Tunyon can keep it up. But let's move on. With every fillet, there's always a flank. So, John, 
who was that low quality, bottom of the shelf, store bought flank steak from the wide receiver position in week six? It's a guy that honestly could have been considered a fillet in weeks one and three, possibly. I mean, he was definitely more of a what's in the flux player. <laughs> Uh, but it's Curtis Samuel. I mean, he oh, had, cool. yeah, he had fantasy managers chasing after him because oh. he looked like he was going to be the PPR guy in Washington. You know, the first three weeks, the first three weeks, he was averaging ten targets a game, and the last three weeks, he's averaging six targets a game, which is giving him an average of about seven PPR points a game. So he's just like benchworthy at this point. I think he scored two points this week. And it is probably a result from Carson Wentz just being inconsistent as a quarterback, and he chooses when to care about the sport and when to not care. And, you know, playing four straight weeks for Carson Wentz is a lot of football for him. So I think we're at the point where Wentz is giving up. Now he's injured. So I don't see I don't see any <laughs> Dude, Wentz was like, I want to go home with my wife. <laughs> well, he didn't have sex until after marriage, so that's probably all that he's thinking about. Oh, dude. That, now that he's married, he's like, dude, I just need to got, have sex. Yeah, the second he got pussy, dude, he's like, all right, okay, football's not my favorite thing in the, in, yeah. anymore. It's pussy. It used, be, it used to be family faith football. Yeah. Now it's pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Football's not, not – it's honorable mention at this point. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, football's nice, but – Boy, have you guys tried pussy before? <laughs> it's so good. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Who's going to be the quarterback for Washington? Heineke? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad you brought up the Redskins because what do you <gasps> Canceled. think? Canceled. 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 You called them what? the Redskins. <laughs> oh, damn it. That's it. We're done. Wow. We're screwed. Seven episodes, boys. Dude, all right, guys. It's been fun working <laughs> with you. I met commanders. Commanders. Glad you brought him up. <laughs> Is Taylor Heineke an upgrade from Carson Wentz in terms of fantasy? John, we know you hate Carson Wentz, so don't bring your personal stuff into this. Oh, never. <laughs> Is Taylor Is Taylor Heineke gonna be an upgrade for these Redskins? Running oh, back yeah. to wide receivers. Oh, yeah. yeah. By so much. They at least have a confident quarterback in them. So, yeah, Heineke's got nothing to lose. In fact, I might take that back because I don't know what his contract looks like, but Wentz isn't going to be the quarterback in Washington next year. No, dude. Wentz won't have a job next year, bro. Probably no, not. He will. He'll be a backup Probably. somewhere. Yeah. He's going to go to the Bears or something. No, I would love to be a fly on the wall in the locker room for Wentz because apparently he's just like universally hated by like every team he's been on the locker room runs him out. So yeah, because they're like, dude, we know what pussy tastes like. Like, stop talking about it. (laughs) Can't wait, dude. They lose like forty-two to seven to the Eagles. He's like, well, good game, but I get to go back home and uh, my wife pussy. (laughs) Have you tried it before, guys? It's so good. They're like, shut up. Fuck up, dude. Yes. You just threw three picks, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, good game. Ah. <laughs> oh, Carson Wentz, the man of the hour, the man. <laughs> I feel like he's gonna have he's gonna have some type of Nick Foles esque rebirth at some and like maybe the ne- at some point in the next five years when he's a complete afterthought. 
He's gonna have he's gonna have to come in and take over for Josh Allen in the future, and he's just gonna somehow lead him to like the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, God, but really, it's just not. like the Bills team is just amazing, and like Carson <laughs> Wentz was just the backup. Yeah, <laughs> but all right, enough about Wentz. We talk about him way too much, honestly, for how bad he is. Yeah, but, yeah what's up with that? John yeah. has a personal vendetta against the guy. No, it's yeah, because, John- like, I mean, we talked about him in the beginning because he was surprisingly good. And then he fell off, and we were like, I mean, you have to talk about that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, now he just isn't even a starter anymore. Now, he, now he's, he's now- injured. So it's like classic Wentz loop. Yep, he's going into that fantasy irrelevance thing now. But, Paul, since we're talking about shitty quarterback, let's move on to another shitty quarterback that performed – in week six, who was the flank of week six from the quarterback position? Yeah, so there's actually a couple duds to pick from in this category. <clears throat> and I could be a jerk, and I could say Zach Wilson because he was trash for fantasy. But, Bob, you see how I support your team, and I'm not <laughs> going to talk about Zach Wilson having under five fantasy points. No one expects anything from yeah, him. Yeah, right. No one expects anything. You still Come throw on. up a dud. You think if you look at the final score being who's 27 started, to 10. Who's starting him, though? No one. Who knows? Exactly. Besides for Andy and Dynasty because his team is hot garbage. Well, Zach Wilson also has some decent rushing upside. Yeah. Like nothing yeah, crazy. But my flank for the week is Aaron Rodgers. Against the Jets, whose the defense has been surprisingly perky. And surprisingly, really great. Sauce Gardner looks like you hit the home run with that guy. Like, he he looks like a stud. Aaron Rodgers did not throw an interception, but he did lose a fumble. And he only had 246 pass yards and a passing touchdown. And he just looked discombobulated the entire day. So, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. And at this point, honestly, looking at his recent performances, he has not scored over 17 points in a single game this year for fantasy. That's that is very unlike Aaron Rodgers, but seriously, like, yeah, the Aaron Rodgers owner in our main redraft league must have seen a crystal ball and pivoted and he traded for Tom Brady and he's been starting Tom, who TB12, the divorce is going to his head, too. I mean, he only put up 14 points this week, although Tom did play well in week four and week five, yeah. I still would much rather start Tom Brady than agreed. Any day. I think Brady will definitely like still be a QB one come season's end. Aaron Rodgers is fighting for a QB one at this point. Like Oh yeah. He's not even close. It's mainly just because his weapons are there's no real weapons really. You know, the coaching hasn't been great, it seems, and Alan Lazard is not a guy that's getting a lot of separation. He's more of an end zone, red zone threat. And the two rookies, Christian Watson's been hurt who's supposed to be that more downfield threat. And Romeo Dobbs had that one good week, but he's came back to earth. Still a rookie also. So, yeah, not a lot of hope for the Packers right now. We'll see if that changes, but we'll move on to the running back position. Actually, I'm going to pivot because I did have an honorable mention. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit. So I'm going to go my fl- or flank this week, just completely shit the bed. And I actually did see a fantasy footballers post that said you got to start this guy this week, and he was absolutely shit the bed. 
I mean, you probably would have started him anyway because the matchup was just too good to pass up, and he was pretty good in recent weeks. But Jeff Wilson, what the mm. fuck, man? Yeah. You put up half a point in half a point in <laughs> in PPR leagues. The man had 25 rushing yards and lost a fumble and put up half a point in the Niners offense that is tailored to run the ball. Yeah, not this week, though. They were down early. They had yeah. to really chuck the ball. Yeah, I agree. But still, even in that environment, it's just very surprising to see your starting running back in that offense only get seven. Now, he didn't even get a catch either. Only seven rush attempts. It's not like they were being completely blown out or anything like that. So that was really surprising. You're still probably going to start him because of the Niners offense. But just a kind of healthy reminder that he's not Eli Mitchell. He's just an okay running back who's in a good offense. You know what I mean? So Jeff Wilson, probably the biggest dud of the week, honestly. And shout out to fantasy footballers for getting that wrong. Yeah, they also <laughs> said Michael Gallup was going to have a great game. Oh, yeah. he. I think he'll be good, honestly, though, when Dak comes back. Like, the offense, the wide receivers as a whole should be better once Dak comes back. But moving on to the tight end position, this guy's been really good this year, so it's not something really to be worried about, I think. But Tyler Higby, been very consistent this year and put up a complete dud yesterday against the Panthers. Two targets, one reception for seven yards. I don't know what the hell is wrong with Stafford this year. I don't know if it's the line. I mean, it's probably the line. But when have we seen Allen Robinson have the biggest day? We literally Wait, haven't. I think Matt Stafford tuned into the podcast. Yeah. He's like, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. He's like, I'm a, I'll throw down Allen Robinson this week. Just watch. Dude, Cup and Higby both had – Lower productive weeks after we called him out for being racist. Yeah. You're going to tell me that doesn't listen to our podcast. You're out of your gourd. That's that's amazing. (laughs) We are starting to really ruffle some feathers with this. We are, dude. We're only seven episodes in, dude. Yeah. But the thing about Allen Robinson, that dude gets zero separation. Have you, like, he just doesn't look good. And the only passes he gets are like jump balls because he has no separation. So Stafford just heaves up a prayer. And don't get me wrong, like, Robinson made those catches look great this week. The few that he had where he like high pointed the ball, but he's just been a major disappointment. And I said at the beginning of the year, I was like, I think Allen Robinson just sucks at football. Yeah. Like you can't be that bad for that many years. And people see, keep giving you excuses, but yeah, Robinson, <clears throat> I doubt anybody started him. I would love to see the stats on who started him. I didn't. I, I bet no one did. Dude. I bet you no one started him. So congratulations, you have 18 points on your bench. Allen Robinson's probably the biggest waiver pickup this week. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how fantasy football works. And then people will start him next week, and then he'll have five points like he did. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. He, well he, he actually has a bye next week, so he's not getting picked up. Okay. But do you think there's – I know we talked about – we actually talked about last week if Allen Robinson was droppable and – I think all of us unanimously agreed that he was dropping. But do you think now we got to talk about it? Is there still any hope? <laughs> I feel like it'll be a theme all season. I don't think so. 
No, and I think to the point is I just don't want that on my bench. I don't want to be playing the game like, do I start Allen Robinson? I don't need that kind of decision to be hung over my head because Uh nine times out of ten, you're going to get that decision wrong with him. And so I'm not touching him. Yeah, I'm still keeping him on my one roster that I have, and I have him in Dynasty as well. Still, I'm not going to be dropping him because they're larger roster formats, but – He's definitely not cracking my starting lineup anytime soon. Like John always says, you got to see a couple weeks of consistency to start. Maybe decide to put him back in your starting lineup. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. But let's move from guys that performed shitty this week to a guy that you're just completely writing off. It is time for get that corn out of my face. Get that corn out of my face. Dude, you guys have to watch that movie. I can't, like... <laughs> say that after every The time. next... Like, instead of having a meeting, we're just going to collectively watch Nacho Libre together. And you guys will love it. Jack Black is hilarious. And that scene in general... Oh, dude. Okay, Paul, since you're the only one that's seen the movie, let's start with you. Who is your... Get that cone out of my face, player. Get that, that cone out of my face. That you're just sick of... <laughs> sick of seeing in starting lineups or in your starting lineups and you're just throwing on the bench now yes so he probably hasn't been in starting lineups recently but i think with a player coming back that this guy is almost borderline eh, i wouldn't drop him yet basically what i'm getting to is antonio gibson it's a guy he's a guy who in the beginning of the year they were like oh my god what happened with brian robertson getting shot and go in full 50 cent and like coming back a couple weeks later and then him coming out of the tunnel to the 50 cent song was that's awesome. bad yeah, that was awesome that was dope. but antonio gibson he's seen his workload diminish over the last couple of weeks and has not put up over 10 points in three weeks ppr is really the only place where he has some upside but he's strictly a desperation play which i do understand that bye weeks are coming up and you might need to throw him in your RB2 and you just have to pray and hope that he catches some passes. But I think he like only got three or four rushing attempts this week against a Bears defense that he should have shredded or at least played better than what he did. So I wouldn't necessarily drop this guy yet just because you might need to desperate play him. And then if anything does happen in that backfield, but Antonio Gibson, don't even sweat thinking starting him as your RB2. Yeah, I agree. With Brian Robinson coming back, it just seems like he's just going to be moved out of that like lead role. He already seems like he was last week. He's just not someone that I think you're even considering at this point. You're just not hoping, obviously. But if Brian Robinson gets hurt, maybe you'll start him then. But Brian Robinson is the second round rookie or whatever round it was, like out of Alabama. Seems like they're going to give him the chance to be the lead back in Washington, not the Redskins, the Commanders. The Commandos. My, get that quote out of my face, is a guy that I actually am forced to start now because of Hollywood Brown's injury. As much as I don't want this guy in my starting roster anymore because I have benched him the last two weeks, I need him to stay. So it's kind of like, get that quote out of my face. But like, no, like, but give it back though. Um, (laughs) It's, it's back the, the corn. I want the corn. Yeah, because I need him right now. Technically, it's Deontay Johnson. He just—he's not yeah. scoring touchdowns. He's dropping balls, and he's getting a, a good amount of volume. So, like, they're giving him the chances to score, 
and he's just not doing it. He doesn't really do much after the catch, which we've talked before. That's what separates the wide receiver twos from the wide receiver ones. Deontay Johnson is barely a wide receiver three at this point. And I think that it could be partially due to like his inconsistent quarterback situation back and forth between Mitch Trubisky to Kenny Pickett, now back to Mitch Trubisky. Those butterfingers, bro. Yeah, it really well could be. And now and what is what also sucks to see is that no matter who the quarterback is, you know how Deontay Johnson's gonna do. It's gonna be that ten to twelve point range in PPR leagues. And so no no quarterback favors him more than the other. So I'm sick and tired of Deontay Johnson's mediocrity, but he does have to stick into my flex now because Hollywood Brown is hurt. So I'm on the waivers for a tight end and a wide receiver now. My yeah. team is slowly crumbling, dude. Yeah. Deontay, Deontay Johnson has always been – I mean, he was pretty consistent last year, but yeah. it's those props that have always haunted him. He just – I haven't seen a receiver. There's no receiver that comes to mind right now that is worse with drops than he is. He's like – well-known for dropping the ball pretty consistently. And that's really not someone you want to have in your lineup. But like you said, John, if you're forced to, it's okay. At least yeah. he has a like, decent floor. Like He does. Yeah. So, you know, you're hoping for the touchdowns there at that point, but still not a fantastic option. But could be worse options. See if you think this guy is actually a worse option compared to Deontay Johnson because I have a receiver on mine. For my – get that corn out of my face – is none other than Drake London of the Atlanta Falcons. So Drake London, you know, first wide receiver taken off the board this year in the NFL draft, taken by the Falcons. Obviously, Marcus Mariota as his quarterback. Actually started out pretty hot, had a few yeah. double-digit fantasy performances in the beginning of the year. And then I don't know what Atlanta did or why they decided to do this. And I'm not saying it's bad because they – beat the 49ers they've been very competitive in all their games pretty much but they just decided that they're going to become a running team even though they don't have an amazing running back to lead them or anything like they're consistently running the ball over 30 times a game Marcus Mariota is consistently throwing the ball less than 25 times a game which is not ideal for a wide receiver especially one that you want in your starting lineup Drake London hasn't eclipsed eight fantasy points in PPR leagues in the past three weeks. And if the Falcons are going to keep going with this running approach, he's not really a guy I want in my starting line. If you have to start him, sure, because he has some upside, but really not a guy you want in your starting lineup, especially he's a rookie. They're running it a lot and just three weeks, a decent sample size to see. So just hasn't been doing it for me. Hasn't been passing the eye test. I think what's the Falcons coach Arthur Smith? Is that yeah. his name? I think he hates fantasy football because Drake London is a stud and he refuses to get him the ball. Kyle Pitts is his world-class talent and Kyle Pitts has easily been the most disappointing fantasy player this year. Although he did score a touchdown this week. Kyle Pitts did get a touchdown. But Arthur Smith just like and I guess I don't understand it and then because they just keep winning. And Arthur Smith is just like, I don't give a shit about fantasy football. All I care about, they're paying me to win games. I'm like, shit, you're right. But, like, I want to see Drake London do well. Somebody who invested a pretty high draft pick in for our Dynasty League. I love Drake London. And the talent's there. 
but he's like throwing and he's drawing up plays for who's that guy? Oh, oh, one of us Zacadeus Zacadeus or something. Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. Olamide Zacchaeus. And I'm like, dude, Arthur, you must hate fantasy football, bro. Or like you draft like all these other guys. And this, yeah. that's why you keep peppering him with the ball. I think Don't they're a quarterback next year. And uh, Drake London's going to develop into a stud. Yeah, but they might play. have like the 15th to 18th pick. Like, True, the way they're playing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what, I, we're like six weeks into the season now, so you're getting a decent sample size of what the Falcons are. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they could win this division the way it's been going. The Bucks haven't looked that good. The Saints haven't looked that good either, and the Panthers are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, the Falcons are 3-3 three and three and honestly should be 4-2 and two because that bullshit call against the Bucks last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Tom Dude. Brady... Yeah. So yeah, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons take this division. Like, it's definitely not impossible. No, I mean, I'm still not gonna bet against Brady, but it's weird that the Falcons are five hundred and are winning without like we're just running the ball with a bunch of no names, essentially. And Marcus Mariota at quarterback. It's strange. Yeah, it is strange. But, yeah, Drake London, definitely a guy that I'm looking to bench at this point if you have him. Obviously, he's still a solid hold in Dynasty because you're hoping that, you know, they'll get a solid quarterback maybe in this year's draft, which is supposed to have a bunch of good ones. But, like you said, if Atlanta keeps winning, they're not going to have that top five, top ten pick that a lot of people were expecting in the season. So, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Drake London, get that corn on my face. Bye-bye, Drake London. Yeah, he's not a start-worthy player in redraft leagues. But he does have a sick name, though. Drake London. Dynasty. Yeah, Drake London's a cool name, for sure. That's a sick name. It is. All right, let's move on to the rapid rounds, guys. I'll go first. I think I got a solid one. This guy's coming back for the first time this year after his suspension. And we already touched on the Marquise Brown aspect of this, but I think it's even more important now. Can DeAndre Hopkins return wide receiver one value for the rest of the season? Wow. Yes. No. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say yes. I know I hesitated, but I'm actually gonna say yes without hesitation. Like I wish I didn't hesitate. <laughs> and I think because, dude, Hollywood Brown was literally the wide receiver five all year with D Hop not there. And now Hollywood Brown is hurt for the next couple of weeks. Like we all know that D hop has the talent. And so I think there's no reason he wouldn't be a wide receiver one moving forward. Yeah. He has the track record to prove it. And it's just, it concerns me a little bit with Kyler Murray. I know that Hollywood returns that wide receiver one value, but I don't know. There it's, I don't I'm know. No, just cause I, I'm not comfortable when a player doesn't play for a long time to come back and just put up the numbers. Like he was able to train during training camp, correct? Yeah, that was my next question. Was he like practicing with the team through that? That's what I'm worried about. I'm not sure. I know they act, they activated him. It was like either today or yesterday. So I'm not sure if that means that now he's allowed to practice or whatnot, but they officially activated him recently. Yeah, so if he wasn't practicing all year, then that does not give me as much confidence in saying yes. 
because that's a hard thing to do. Exactly. Yeah, I'm just not a big I'm a huge believer in momentum and chemistry and all that and all we're banking on is his stats from previous years. Yeah. And we are proven every single year in fantasy that you can't just go by that. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, are we at least all in agreement that you have to start DeAndre Hopkins? I would. Yeah, I, yeah you can't afford okay. you, unless, you give it one week. Do you give it one week? Unless so you, your team if your team's rolling and you don't have to start D Hop, wouldn't you rather stick with your guys that have been scoring you the points every unless, week? Unless you have unless you're stacked at the wide receiver position where you have basically two wide receiver ones and then a mid tier wide receiver two for your like flex or something like that. There's some teams that obviously are stacked at wide receiver. In those cases I wouldn't start him. Especially like you said, John, if your team's rolling. But if you're like have some question marks at wide receiver, I absolutely would roll him out and just he's gonna be getting the targets because especially with Marquise Brown going down. So I wouldn't hesitate in that circumstance but moving on we got another rapid round from one of you guys yeah i do here we go guys will the patriots look to trade mac jones and move forward with bailey zap that's a good one wow that's a good one that is what bill belichick is known for dude he did it with brady so i'm not really in tune with the Patriots that much mainly because they're the biggest rivals of the Jets and I fucking hate them but when I see the stats at least Bailey Zapp has at least from the eye test perspective has done way more than Mac Jones has in these what has it been was this his second game three I think or second or whatever yeah he's done way more statistically and as the offense just looks better under him so from the eye test perspective, since it's the name of our podcast, I'm not going to go and say that they're going to look to trade Mac Jones just yet, but I will say I think they will stick with Bailey Zapp longer than anticipated. Paul? <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the opposite of that. And again, it's no knock on Bailey Zapke, Zapp, whatever his name is, because he has been playing extremely well. But <clears throat> Mac Jones was, they used a the first round pick on him. And he did play really – he didn't play – I don't want to say he played astoundingly well, but he did play decent last year, and he definitely deserves to be a starting quarterback in this league. And so I think when Mac Jones comes back, they're definitely going to start him up. And unless, like, he completely shits the bed, I don't think they're going to make a move to Bailey Zapp or whatever. But Bill Belichick, I mean, the whole thing with Brady, I mean, Brady literally took over Bledsoe, and then they didn't look back. But they did keep Bledsoe on the team, though. So I, we were well, too young. And, well, dude, Belichick, he doesn't fuck around, dude. Like, if you're not winning yeah, his team exactly. games, like he doesn't care. There's no like personal connection. He is all business. He's like, oh, okay, Mac Jones is losing us. Bailey Zapp is winning. Why am I benching the winner? That's yeah, how I mean, Mac Jones led them to the playoffs last year. Yeah, but the like, offense, I don't think the offense just looks so much better under Bailey Zapp. Like, I I do agree they're not going to cut ties because they just drafted him with the first a first round pick last year but it's got to be creeping into Belichick's mind he's like I mean yeah, goddamn it another backup quarterback that's good I know, you know I Belichick think... loves that idea of just outsmarting everyone and being like playing the guy that's the underdog that no one really expected it's got to be creeping in his mind and 
honestly, Mac, I've even if they do start Mac Jones when he comes back, when he's healthy, he's definitely not going to have that long of a leash. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, Patriots have looked, Patriots offense has looked much better. It's not even a question. Yeah. But also, Belichick, like Jimmy Garoppolo, should be sending Bill Belichick like multiple amounts of a portion of his check because Jimmy G came in and played for what eight to 10 games and then got like that huge deal to go to the Niners. So maybe we just tip this off to Belichick just being an absolute legend. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, why has Mac Jones done this? I mean, Mac Jones has played. I mean, it's not like Mac Jones has played that awful. I know like people aren't super high on him because he's pretty much like a Kirk Cousins type of guy. I mean, Mac Jones completes 66% of his passes. Billy Zapp has – oh, my God. They He had over 300 yards yesterday and two touchdowns against a pretty solid defense in the Browns. He had 188 yards and a touchdown against the Lions. Again, shitty defense, but still – even though he did throw a pick, but regardless. And let's go to Mac Jones, like, before that. No, I mean, so Mac Jones in his last game against the Ravens had zero touchdowns and three picks, did have 321 yards. I don't know. The eye test is just telling me that Bailey Zab may just be better for this offense, but you got to think Belichick's it's creeping in his mind right now. Yeah. But, Paul, Let's hear what you got for us. All right. So this one, I don't even want to say it because you guys have already shit on the Ravens and I don't want to hear what you guys have to say. But I'm going to ask it anyway. Is Lamar Jackson deserving of being the highest paid quarterback in the league? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, let me rephrase that. So basically, here, let's do this. Six years, $280 million. Do you think, <clears throat> and say 190 of it's guaranteed? Are you paying Lamar Jackson that much money? Because that's what we offer him right before the start of the season. He said no. Well, I think, I mean, you guys have already heard what I think of Lamar Jackson in terms of, like, his – I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a great quarterback, actually. But the question you have to ask yourself with these types of questions is, who are you – if you're not going to give him that deal, who are you going to give that deal to? You know, who – What's the alternative? And at this point in time, there's no better alternative. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And there's just no other choice. He's won an MVP. He's gone to the playoffs, hasn't played well in the playoffs. He's gone to the playoffs multiple times. You're just hoping he keeps getting better. And he's shown that his passing keeps getting better. So I would personally give him the deal just because there's no real alternatives. And he's obviously still deserving of it because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. That's a good point, Bob. I didn't really think about the fact, like, who would you give it to? So Lamar is the guy that you would give that to, but you just see it over and over again where if if you're iffy about paying a quarterback that much, you probably shouldn't do it. But a lot of organizations are – somewhat forced to do it because I mean Lamar Jackson is selling tickets right now he's an electric quarterback so it helps out your organization by having Lamar Jackson and not having to go through that quarterback searching like lull period where your team just sucks until you find it 
And like, you know, Lamar is good. You don't know who's better than Lamar. Like you're taking a huge risk if you move on from Lamar. So they have to do it. But I do think it's going to bite the Ravens in the ass because they're not going to be able to give him a supporting cast. So I can see it being a tough time for the Ravens. They definitely got to take advantage of the draft the next couple of years. Hopefully they can find a hidden gem. Do they need Ravens really need a real difference making wide receiver? I think that would yeah. completely change. You can't just keep drafting these boom and bust wide receivers, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman. Not that they're not good, but they're not guys that are going to elevate your team to like real Super Bowl contenders. Unless you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, let's face it, like those guys are a notch above. Lamar Jackson. It's just yeah. how it is. And look at Joe Burrow. I think Mahomes and Josh Allen are a little better than Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow has T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, if you want to throw him in there. He has a lot of real weapons. Lamar Jackson doesn't have that. He barely has a running back at this point. Yeah. Get a real difference maker in there. And another thing I'll point to with the whole like, paying the quarterback thing. Look at the, what the Cardinals did with Kyler Murray. I don't think Kyler Murray will ever make a Super Bowl or even win a Super Bowl, obviously. But who's the alternative? What are you going to – what other quarterback are you going to get that fills seats like that and can actually still win you a decent amount of games? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I agree with everything you guys are saying, and I – after the loss last week, I mean, Lamar has had five turnovers in the fourth quarter this year. Oof. And it's just he had two of them yesterday. And a horrible, stupid decision on a pick and a fumble. And we're not going to harp on that. But Lamar Jackson, I think he checks off every single box you want to look for in a quarterback. His intangibles, his personality, like who he is as a person. The locker room loves him. And also, as a starter, he's 40 and 14. Yeah, that's a ridiculous record that you're, like you guys said, you're not going to find anywhere else. I just wish that his mom would just leave, like just let Lamar hire an agent to let a professional handle this. Dude, it's ridiculous. That's exactly why it's been a stalwart is because his mom's his agent and just let the professionals handle this. Trust me, Mrs. Jackson, you are going to be a very wealthy woman after this. I'm sure Lamar is going to give you a good chunk of this change. So just, and I think his contract is really affecting his play because he knows he's pressing. He's backs against the wall. I got to play well to earn this money. I mean, regardless at the end of this year, whether it's us or somebody else, he's going to get paid a shit ton of money. Yeah. I did think that this whole con, if the contract thing didn't get solved, before the season that it would affect him at some point. Obviously, yes, he's still going to be a QB1 in fantasy. but And it's hard to just – you can't be like every week off. He has a bad game because he's thinking about his contract and stuff like that. But it's definitely something that's probably factoring to it, along with the fact that he doesn't have a true supporting cast. And it's definitely worrisome that he hasn't in his entire career up until this point. But we'll see what happens with that, hopefully they figure it out because definitely want him to stay in Baltimore because it looks good in that uniform. But but I hope he stays too. But guys, we're closing down the episode just about now. Any closing advice for the current state after week six in fantasy football? Hmm. If you are on the fence about a trade, just do it. Like if you're <laughs> 
Just do it. That's all I'm going to say. If you're on the fence about a trade, you don't know if it's good or not, just do it. See what Paul, happens. Paul definitely sent out a couple trade requests before this episode. <laughs> He's trying to speak to them. He's like, uh, if you got like, you know, a trade offer sent to you, don't look at it. Just press Just accept it. See what happens. Roll the dice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but definitely just it, like. It is, it's risk. It's risk taking season right now. If you're it is. a borderline playoff team, take the chance. You joined fantasy to win. You do not join fantasy to not lose. So just exactly. go for the win, dude. Just go yep. for the win. And I'm the last person to be speaking this. I take no risks, I think, in fantasy. I am so afraid to accept any trades. Yeah. yeah. John, you actually – that's exactly where I was going for this, going with that. No one gives a shit if you finish 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th. They only remember you if you win. So yeah. Or if you're last. Well, yeah. that's or, last. or if you're in last, but you can't be afraid to lose. Yeah. Go try and hit a home run. If somebody is still on the fence about offering you ETN, but they're asking for maybe a startable, like maybe a wide receiver too, and just do it. Just do it. See what happens. Oh, waddle for ETN right now. No. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I do like Jalen Waddle a lot, especially that two is coming back. Oh, waddle for for CD Lamb. Or no, excuse me. (laughs) ETN for CD Lamb. Now that I actually really like. Okay. I'll we'll talk offline. I'll but... give you Lamar Jackson. No, you won't. I will. I'll give you Lamar Jackson and Deontay Johnson for Waddle. Lamar and Deontay for Waddle? Uh-huh. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> take the risk, John. Take the risk. Was it that easy? <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. It always it sounds. I got Tua coming back next week, baby. It sounds yeah. great. It always trades always sound great until the person says yes, and then you're like, "Ooh, do I really want to do this?" Yeah, if they, yeah. you have to see how fast they say yes. If they yeah. hop on it, you're like, "Okay, it's not fair. It's not fair." Dude, <laughs> that's why I like purposely like when Walter and I were talking about doing trades. Like he sent that one. Evans you have for to think about it. Plotting Gabe. I literally like didn't answer my phone for an hour and I'm just like staring at it. I had like, okay, let's do it, like typed out. And I was like, relax, let it go. Let it be an hour. Let it be an hour. Let it be an hour. But it's definitely that time in the fantasy season now, even though we're in like that, I don't know, we're in the middle kind of. It's still it's not the beginning anymore. We're getting mm-hmm. towards the middle of it, especially in the fantasy season, because it's not the whole football season, obviously. Yeah. Like you said, John, now is definitely the time to start taking some risks if you're worried about your playoff positioning. So we will end it on that. Take some risks, guys, because if you are sitting at one and five, like our friend Paul here is, you need some to take some risks to get up back in that whatever it may be. Top four may be tough, but if you're in a six-team playoff league, then you still have a chance. So, And the good news is if you take a risk – then you're either going to win or lose your fantasy league. So there's only two uh, outcomes here. Just like our intro says, you are about to win or lose your fantasy league. Yeah, that's the only things that can happen. And with that said, thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to us on all our platforms. We are on TikTok, the iTest Pod 1. And we are newly on Instagram as well. Just the eye test pod on that one. No one at the end. So again, thank you for listening. This was our week six recap. We'll be back on Wednesday for our look ahead to week seven. And please don't root for players' injuries so you can pick them up on waivers.
that's yeah, don't do up. that. But definitely try and make a crazy trade. Definitely. All right. Until next time.